Eugene O'Neill, Master of Naturalism, by Oliver M. Saylor. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Bologna Times. Eugene O'Neill, Master of Naturalism, by Oliver M. Saylor, for The Drama, a quarterly magazine collection. This is from The Drama, Volume 11, 1920-1921. Mr. Eugene O'Neill has written a new two-act play, different. The province town players have presented it as their second bill of the season. These are simple, undraped facts, the adornment of which, in the colors they seem to demand on observation of the play, might appear extravagant, were it not for the fact that Mr. O'Neill's earlier works, Beyond the Horizon, and the Emperor Jones, have been clothed by general agreement with the habiliments of literary idols. Perhaps it is too soon to insist that different is the greatest play which Mr. O'Neill has yet composed, that it is the finest piece of dramatic naturalism achieved by an American playwright, if not by anyone employing the English language, although the chances are so strongly in favor of that verdict that there is temptation to waive further deliberation and make full confession. It is not too soon, however, to admit that the new play is worthy of the tradition which its author has established and an interesting and original development of that tradition. Like most of his etudes, the denouement of different is tragic. Like most of them, too, although its locale is on dry land, it deals with the ways of seafaring men and home-biding women. The sweep of the waves is undercurrent to the lives and the story it enfolds. Captain Caleb Williams has returned from a whaling vige to wed Emma Crosby. Emma is resolved on conceiving him as different from other men, herself as different from the girls she knows, and their impending life together as different from ordinary wedlock. Her conception of what she means by different is vague, and of the emotions rather than of the head, although Caleb is above the average as sailors go. And so, when on the eve of their marriage, she hears how he had yielded to the temptation of a native girl on a South Sea island, she astonishes him and her family and friends by rejecting him. I don't love him. What he is now, she says, I loved what I thought he was. Thirty years pass. It is spring, 1920. Caleb has remained true to his vow to wed no one else. Emma has held to her obstinate decision. Caleb's scapegrace nephew, Benny Rogers, back from overseas but still in cocky, has aroused in Emma a false and unnatural second youth in the hope of wheedling money out of her. To blackmail his uncle, he proposes marriage to her, and the tragic conclusion of this bitterly disillusioning situation follows swiftly and surely. Two aspects the new play possesses in common with its predecessors, the inherent nature of the tragic motive and the natural quality of the language by which the characters express themselves. Just as in Beyond the Horizon, the theme of different is the tragedy of missed opportunities. Inevitable and fatal consequences follow in the wake of the mistaken choice in the one play as in the other. 
it does not temper the denouement to realize that the characters had it in their power to avert the catastrophe if they had been other than they were rather it sharpens the denouement and makes it all the more poignant here is no dependence on extraneous fate or the greek gods we see men and women fashion their own fate and reap the harvest they have sown the tragedy consists in the fact that they do not realize what they are sowing until the harvest is upon them like all his previous plays too different has that lyric quality of speech which demands utterance to achieve its full effect no one writing for the theatre to-day knows so well as mr o'neill how to make a character express its inner self in the mere audible flow of language different rises above its predecessors in the articulation of its parts in the economy and fluency of its narrative elements mr o'neill has heeded the criticisms which were leveled at beyond the horizon and has knitted the story together this time so that it seems more credible and inexorable he has done this too under the handicap of a gap of thirty years between the two acts of the play instead of permitting that gap however to divide the play into two independent parts he has capitalized it and has made it serve his ends dynamically there is only one new character in the second act the ne'er-do-well benny logical son of the father whom the first act disclosed the room is the same altered only at the will of emma under the new impulses which came as harvest to the life and emotions she had chosen to cultivate the thirty years seem but as a day and yet the mere conception of thirty years seeming as a day lengthens them as no other device could do the past and the present are very near to each other and yet they are very far apart a thought which heightens the tragedy the more more than ever before unless it be in certain scenes of the emperor jones mr o'neill has revealed the inmost depths of his characters to his audience has let them reveal themselves without his intruding aid of all the dramatic writers of the realistic and naturalistic schools there is no one who keeps more aloof than he there is nothing of the propagandist in him his figures speak for themselves expose their own personalities they are never a mouthpiece for the author or for any theory in which he may believe indifferent this soft revelation of the characters becomes so intimate at times that the spectator is distinctly impressed with the discomfort and embarrassment of being present as an eavesdropper at a private and confidential meeting surely the things these people are saying are not meant for other ears they would not speak so if they dreamed any one were listening such an impression is the triumph of naturalism it may if pushed too far become the reductio absurdum of realism and naturalism as methods of artistic expression but mr o'neill does not go too far his taste and his instinct halt him in time but not before he has ruffled the complacency of those whose failings lay them open to the critical astringency of these frank human portraits there is something in mr o'neill at this point which allies him closely with maxim gorky at his best with the finest scenes 
in the lower depths for instance where men and women lose the guise of types and stand forth as naked and pitifully struggling souls interpretation which the provincetown players provided for different is not all that such a play deserves but it is astonishingly good for semi-amateurs the smug respectability of the small town parlor of the eighteen nineties is vividly conveyed the leading roles are all acted with a fine comprehension of the author's purpose if not always with a full realization of that purpose james light and mary blair are the two young people who grow old waiting and their simplicity and sincerity carry them over many difficulties the most remarkable individual performance though is that of charles ellis as the delinquent benny a characterization unsurpassed in its genre since the henry clegg of dudley diggs in st john irvine's play at the theatre guild mr ellis's work stamps him as one of the discoveries among the younger generation of actors with the emperor jones recently installed in an uptown theatre for the benefit of a wider public it is perhaps pertinent to consider different in the familiar light of its predecessor two plays could hardly be more dissimilar in general manner the swan song of the pullman porter on his isle in the caribbees is imaginative drama romance at its zenith different well it is all that its name implies for the naturalistic drama is at the other pole from the imaginative this is not the place to consider the comparative merits of the two forms it is sufficient simply to record the belief that the superiority of mr o'neill's latest play consists in its fuller realization of the possibilities of its genre by the production of three major works in a single twelve-month eugene o'neill has set a record up to which it may be hard for him to live he has assumed a responsibility and an obligation which would have embarrassed such deliberate playwrights as ibsen and chekhov only singe with in the shadow of the glint riders of the sea and the well of the saints to his credit for the years nineteen o two to three is a comparable case the provincetown players too have with mr o'neill's aid established a place which they may find difficult to maintain but he and they are americans and it is not safe to predict limits where pace is concerned end of eugene o'neill master of naturalism by oliver m sailor